Often respected podcast hosts Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez met online in 2006 and began podcasting together shortly thereafter, discovered Star Wars Minute in 2014 and launched a Movies by Minute podcast of their own a year later, focused on the Back to the Future trilogy, completing it less than three years later with 340 episodes about the films themselves and five about the Universal Studios theme park attraction from the early 1990s. Received over 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, in early 2018 completed 95 episodes Episodes of the Cornetto Minute, dedicated to the Edgar Wright-directed comedy trilogy starting with 2004's Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. The show is nowhere near as popular with only four reviews on Apple Podcasts and has been on hiatus ever since. Hey, Scott, how's the hiatus? Well, I haven't been on hiatus. Not exactly. That's right. You've been working on that little side project, Spider or something. Spider-Man Minute. I don't know if I'd call it a side project exactly. I would. You know, I'm surprised you didn't take a break after last season of Cornetto Minute. That's what I did. I prefer to take my breaks behind the mic. Indeed you do. And that's why it's high time such skills were put to better use on Cornetto Minute Season 2. I'm sorry? Hot fuzz. You want us to cover every minute of Hot Fuzz? Yes, lovely. Isn't there a weekly podcast we could do? Oh, no. Can I just stay on hiatus then? No. Do I have any choice in this? No. But I kind of like being on hiatus. You always said you wanted to cover Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I don't remember telling you that. Yes, you did. You said, I'd love to cover Hot Fuzz one minute at a time someday, Zach. <sighs> Fine, but there's no way we can perpetuate the amount of carnage and mayhem in every minute of Hot Fuzz and not incur a considerable amount of podcasting. 115 daily episodes? Not a problem. The Cornetto Minute returns to investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Sanford's finest one minute at a time. It's about to go off with Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz this November at DuelingGenre.com for the greater good. For the greater good. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one returning honorary co-host at a time. Yay! I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And back with uh, with me this week, with, uh, with Cassandra for the first time, <laughs> uh, is Niall McGowan. Hello. Hello! Hey! Oh, Thanks for having me back as uh, with my host status revoked now, I'm b- but a guest. But, uh, You're always a host in our hearts. <laughs> no longer the mouth of Cassandra. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm surprised you guys like considering that this is like the last week of footage. It's, at this point, with the two towers, you're not just like, "Hello, welcome to Lord of the Rings." Man. Uh, that that's behind the scenes. That's that's why I have a coffee in front of me. Oh. Uh- <laughs> that's when the microphones are off. <laughs> Because it must be like if you meet up with any other movies by Minotaurs and they're like, oh, yeah, I've, I've done three movies, too. And you must be like, we've done the equivalent of like seven movies. OK, and then we're only at the end of the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But here we are. It's the last week of footage. Yeah. Of two Towers, which today is starting with minute 211, which starts with Faramir throwing Gollum into the sewer and ends Wholesome. with 
Mordor off in the distance, and there's some lightning. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, I was just very happy, though, uh, to get a little split second of uh, David Wenham here. Cause, uh, oh, yeah. So, I don't know if you... I, I always associate him now with, like, not with Faramir anymore, but uh, did you guys ever touch on his appearance in that Val Helsing movie they did way... Oh, let's... oh, Van Helsing? Is he in Van Helsing? Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, he's just, I don't know if he's like an, like an Igor. He's not really Igor, but he's like, maybe he literally <laughs> is Igor. I'm just forgetting, but there's a, um, he's like an assistant to Van Helsing. And I only, because that film is atrocious, but in that oh, really man. good way it's... where it's like. A... Mm-hmm. Parts of that movie are set up like a Bond movie. Like he even has a Q equivalent at the Vatican to supply him with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bizarre. But my whole, like, my big takeaway from that movie was the guy playing Frankenstein's monster because he's just so overly theatrical. And everything is just like, yes, I am a momentation. Everything's so overdone with him. And I know this. And you, Jackman and Kate Beckinsale are just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that guy, though, he must have realized, oh, this film's awful. I'm gonna just do. I'm just gonna go with it. I'm just gonna amp everything right up, and they can fire me if they want. But uh, I, I know there's a bit. I think throughout his the Frankenstein's monster's whole thing is that he wants to die because he's because he thinks he's an abomination. <laughs> and there's a bit where like he's hanging off, like in the climax, he's ha- hanging off a rope, and he's almost literally he literally could die by choice now. And David Wenham's there, and he's just like, oh, just just let go. And the monster is just like, no, I want to live. <laughs> and it just cuts back to David oh when I'm going, God. okay. <laughs> and that's it. It just cuts the scene. Oh, man. That movie is a confused mess. Just disappointed David Wenham. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, the thing at the time, he was just like, I'll, I'll take it, whatever paycheck's coming. Because you know, a lot of those Lord of the Rings people... I think they were kind of, they've always been set up for like, oh, we're going to be huge. And then not a lot of them were. I think you kind of got got little bits parts, but then it's like, yeah, Carl Urban's still like a a jobbing actor. He's not like superstar Carl Urban. He still is. He is a superstar, I guess, but he's not like A-lister opening movies, Carl Urban. Right, right. I mean, arguably, like not even Viggo Mortensen and Elijah Wood didn't become like A-list stars after these movies either, really. Yeah. I think the, the, the one that did the most favors for was Ian McKellen. It seemed like the the double whammy of that and X Men. He's just like the biggest guy in the world at one point, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, Elijah was like, oh, everyone knows who he is, but he's not been in like a lot or not been in anything of this caliber since anyway. It's Orlando Bloom was in the biggest movie after this out of everyone in the cast, pretty much. Yeah. What was that? I think the so. the Pirates franchise. Oh god, yeah, completely forgot he was in that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that just proves your point. <laughs> like Orlando Bloom has probably done, probably did the most immediate, like high-profile work after this. These movies were made. Yeah. Mm. But then he fell off the face of the earth after Elizabethtown. Mm. Yeah. And That's... has only recently started doing anything again. Yeah, I think I was on the. It was the last time I was on. I think I mentioned he's in that show Easy on Netflix. Yeah. Where it's like him and. Uh, him and, uh, what do you call her, Marlon Ackerman and Kate Micucci having a threesome, which was just something I never <laughs> thought I was going to see on screen. I was amazed. <laughs> and it's not because it's Netflix. It's not, like, censored or anything. It's like, no, everything's just hanging out. You see it all. It's like, oh, this is oh, So this is what Orlando Bloom's been, been doing with his life. 
So uh, this this minute starts with a, a sewer tunnel. I don't want to talk about the minute. <laughs> Fairmere. It's just, our last week. Just let's talk about everything else. Yeah, well, that's Fair, next week. Fairmere just pitches Gollum into this tunnel mm-hmm. after telling him, "If I ever see you again, I'm going to kill, kill you." you. Basically, <laughs> may death find you. Cruel. And then Sam is just, you know, Frodo didn't want that to happen. He 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 did everything he could to save you. Save me. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the, the, what, how do you say that? Incredulity in, yeah, the delivery in Gollum's of it. voice. Save me. I'm and he sounds like Gollum through this whole minute, not Smeagol to me. He doesn't mm. sound like the Smeagol voice. I think it, what I actually took away from it was because it was, it, um, it seemed more to me that like it was a real instance of seeing, almost actually seeing Andy Circus for a second. Because yes. the, the way he yeah. says save me, because it's not under the performance of like, oh, Smeagol. It's a very kind of raw, just like, very human save me like it's, it's 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 one of the few times you almost see him past the cgi and stuff well like i say it's one of the few times you see like within these minutes you see loads of instances like oh that's totally andy circus but um it, it always struck me as a very uh underperformed human moment in comparison mm-hmm. to that's not to belittle any of his other work here but like it's, yeah but that really like sells the moment though because it just just comes out just, save me <laughs> <laughs> What? Plus that one instance as well of just him and well, Sam let, let like, giving a little olive branch there, just like look, you know, we're we're cool, we're cool, right? And like, oh, yeah, we're fine. yeah, we're fine. <laughs> oh, that's decent of you, very <laughs> decent indeed. I hope <laughs> no, Sam, don't trust him. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they'll get along perfectly over the next four hours of film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure nothing terrible at all will happen. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a thing. Though, I'm actually, this week uh, I'm nearing completion of the Dark Tower. You know the the Stephen King saga. Mm. And have yeah. you guys have you ever read it yourselves? Or I've read most of the first book, mm. and then yeah. it just kind of got away from me, and I never finished it. It's one of those rare instances. In, is that like? It's almost like the first book's the worst one to start on because it's written in such a, an intensely difficult way. Like, it's written in the style of the way the characters talk and stuff, which, of course, is it's away from humanity. And then in the second book, they bring in someone from our world who's like, well, well everything here is crazy. You know, they can kind of give you that little, you know, uh, like an actual hand into seeing, you know, uh, you know, like a character you need just to come in to be like, oh, yeah, right. so what's happening here and stuff? Whereas the first one just throws you right into the deep end. But uh, I know... Well, yeah, I- because the, I I don't know... How close are you to being finished? I know I'm, like, uh, nearing the end of the final book. So I'm, like, pretty, mu- so, pretty much done. Pretty much done. <laughs> so do you, do you know how the beginning of the first book happened? Because that's a spoiler that I know. Oh, I do know the... Um, the thing is, because of the, I'm a big Stephen King fan, so like just through the sheer grapevine of it all, I actually know how the book ends. So it's a bit mm. like, yeah, I'm just gonna work in towards getting to the thing I already know. <laughs> to that's actually finishing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's but, why it took me so long to finish the first Game of Thrones book because I knew what happened at the end of season one. Oh yeah. And I was just like, oh well, when's this gonna happen? While well, I'm reading the first book. Yeah, yeah. But the the thing I uh, I thought was quite weird in it is that um, in that second book of the Dark Tower they have a whole thing where like Eddie the guy from like our New York or the New York in the seventies or whatever he's supposed to be from 
um, when he comes into Midworld with Roland. Uh, at one point, they are able to kind of get back out through like this, these portals on a beach and stuff. Like it's actually very good. But uh, at one point, it's like to heal their wounds. He um, he goes and gets them aspirin, and then throughout the rest of the series, Roland is constantly referring to aspirin as Aston. And I just kind of thought like, because the Dark Tower <laughs> so riffs on Lord of the Rings, it was just weird that they cast a guy called Sean Aston to be that's in really the Lord of the funny. Rings movies. It's like, oh, it's a weird random happenstance. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it's stuff. Maybe that was like Peter Jackson's logic behind it. It's like that eh, works for me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Look at that Bill Bailey guy off our backs. He's, Jesus Christ, he won't leave us alone. <laughs> this uh, this little scene though between between Sam and Gollum, like Sam starts this movie just abusing Gollum horribly. Yeah, and the last thing he says to Gollum in the movie is, "That's very decent of you." Mm. he's well, extending that, an olive branch that's the thing though because if you listen carefully through the headphones though he does say something else later on but it, like, I don't know if you want to jump ahead to that but like I suppose we could might as well because um, you can hear it through the trees when you know Gollum's doing his little sort of soliloquy to himself uh, mm-hmm. you hear like you know Frodo going Smeagol and then Sam shouts out like we're not waiting for you you know and I was kind of thinking, well, you better. Like, who else is... Well, you just going to wander the Mordor yourself now, is that it? Wasn't that the, the whole point? Like, that's the whole point of this movie. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the whole point of letting him deal with the abuse. Yeah. <laughs> that's even weirder, too, when you consider, like, I thought Smeagol was in front of them. So, he shot, like, Sam shot out, like, oh, we're not waiting for it, as if he's... I guess maybe they think he's behind them. So that's why, like, where is he? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, he's actually way ahead of us. So oh, that, there you go. That's all right. But... Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just thought, but it, it, it's almost like Sam just back to like, oh my default setting of just like, where is that asshole? Oh god damn it! We're not <laughs> waiting for you, you know, Smeagol. <laughs> and then we get to we leave this tunnel and we get that shot. I think the shot, the way it's blocked, is just a little cheesy of the horseman coming up over the hill mm-hmm. because it looks very obviously like studio staged well, to me. I think the green screen behind it too doesn't help. Yeah. That was shot in a very small studio, and you can see Bernard Hill through the whole the whole thing, just trying to keep his horse in position. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also not Carl Urban. That is just not that's Aimer's body double that's in a, that shot. See, I was going to ask about these people because it. Uh, yeah, I just I didn't even know that was supposed to be uh, <laughs> this Carl Urban. Was He's actually... wearing Aimer's armor. So that was at the time I was just like, who are, yeah, because it's like, oh, you got these uh, four main characters, and then there's just some two random guys, and now you're telling me, oh, one of them's also supposed to be Carl Urban. I had no idea. Yeah, it's it's Gimli and Legolas, and or it's not even Gimli, it's it's Gimli's, Vigo. Uh, Gimli's behind Legolas. Yeah. But you don't even see Gimli in the scene, really, oh, until it a, turns around. See, I didn't realize that either. The one guy who took my attention was the guy behind Gandalf, who you just see, because you just know this. Uh, oh, yeah. It just be some It's act. gambling. He's just chilling. Was that him? I was trying to figure out who it was, but I was like, oh, it must yeah. just be an, like, an extra. And weirdly, in the way they have him in focus, I briefly thought, like, oh, he looks like Martin Mole from, you know, Willard Craft from Sabrina the Teenage Witch and stuff. <laughs> I was like, it's like Martin Mole and like Martin Mole in a long wig. I was like, oh, because if you're fans of, like, Arrested Development, it'd be great if they turned around. And he's just like, oh, uh, Sir Knight, go get me. Like, I'm not a knight. I'm Jean Parmesan, Private Eye. And the guy, I'm like, oh, <laughs> he got me. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's just gambling back there. Just hanging out. Yeah. Just gambling. <laughs> Following his king wherever his king goes. Mm. And uh they apparently were gonna go back and paint Carl Urban's head over this body double, but just never got around to it. That's so funny. <laughs> as well it was as, just too late to do it. Yeah. As well as things too, you, you imagine that probably to this day bugs Peter Jackson as well. He spent so much time pouring over every second of this yeah, thing. He, <laughs> he points it out in the commentary and he's just like, Oh, and there's Carl Urban's body double. <laughs> well, I mean, if they hadn't pointed it out, I don't think I would have paid much attention to it because it's not like they call attention to it because the the camera's focusing in on Gandalf. Yeah. I think it, it's something that I've always kind of noticed. Like, that's not... Who is Amor, that? yeah. That's not Amber. <laughs> we get to add him to the pile with not Hama. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I always just took him to be... Oh, it's just some guy. Like, I was just like, oh, they just have... They just needed to fill out the shot, so they just like, oh, some knights yeah. come with them as well. Yeah, Peter Jackson riffs on it in the commentary. It's just like, oh, that's the the third lieutenant under Amor. He's going to get his own spinoff show. We just needed to feature him in the movie real quick to establish <laughs> some context. I'll say, maybe Amazon's ears could, ears could have been pricked right there. Like, with, oh, a spinoff show, you say. What, what do you call that character? <laughs> 15 <again>? years later. <laughs> oh. I did like. There's also a bit of foreshadowing here, uh, in that Gandalf says, "Like you know, Sauron's uh, your wrath will be vengeful, his retribution swift." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I wonder if this is like Ian McKellen knew that he would be starring in a musical version. Well, not musical version. Like he would be starring in a movie version of Cats with Taylor Swift." And he's just, "Oh my like, god!" <laughs> like, I'm gonna plant the seed now. I'm like, "Yep, someday." <laughs> Wait, I haven't heard it. This is what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. W- w- what? That, yeah, they're doing... Have you not seen that? Yeah. Why a... are they making a movie version of Cats? It's funny. <laughs> I think they'll probably think it's... Because... It's... Because... <laughs> that's, that's my first question. I've seen him... He my was... second question. <laughs> he was on uh, the Graham Norton show. It was like a big talk show here in the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. Just talking about it, he just kind of dandered in towards the end of the show, like, "Yeah, I'm here as well." And uh, he's just telling stories about, like, "Yes, yeah, so I've been I've been cast in Cats with Judy Dench," and he's like, "Oh, it's just a joy because me and Judy just are great friends, and we never get to work together and stuff." And uh, it, it was kind of weird as well because he he came up with like, "Oh, I've never been in a musical either." And I was like, "Oh, for some reason, I thought because of all those years in stage and all that stuff, like people would have been throwing." Everything in Ian McKellen. So the fact that he's just like, mm-hmm. I'm so happy that I get to do a musical now. He was like, oh, that's, that's nice for him. And just, you know, in his elder years, he's like, nah, I'm still doing new stuff. But uh, but yeah, I know he's in it with uh, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, and uh, Idris Elba, which is... What? What? Yeah, yeah, it's very, very... <laughs> like Those it's... are three names that should not share a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, I was all hyped for it, and then they announced James Corden's also in it. I was like, oh, well, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably won't watch that then. (laughs) (laughs) James Corden's fine. He's, he's, I mean, I like him in Doctor Who. Yeah. (laughs) I just have a soft spot because of the the lodger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, because you guys have got him now. Like, he's just U.S. property at the minute. So, like, I, you know, we had him over here for so, so many years that we're just like, get rid of him. Mm. But now that he's in the Aww. U.S., I guess you guys have seen <laughs> loads of him as well. I'm surprised you're not already yeah. trying to ship him back. Well, he just, he just has a late night talk show now, so. It's fine. We don't have cable. We don't have to. <laughs> I'll just, I always see the, um, I never watched them, to be fair, but I do always see his face 
because he does that singing in singing in cars thing. Oh yeah, yeah carpool, carpool karaoke. Thing. Yeah. yeah, so it'd be like, oh, it's him and Michelle Obama and stuff. And you're like, oh, that's nice, but I'm not gonna watch it. But it just means that his face <laughs> is still pushed towards me. <laughs> and it's not. It's that's not funny. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess he is just endeared to me because the first time I ever saw him was in Doctor Who. And I was like, oh my god, this is so charming. That's and it. now I'm just like... <laughs> I, I do actually, I, I do like that episode. But then I thought they kind of... Because he, he's in the second one then later on mm-hmm. that I didn't like. So it's like, oh, yeah. well, you ruined it. <laughs> 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 the magic is gone. Yeah. But it's like, oh, that first one he's, he's in, yeah, the where like, you know, Matt Smith's just hanging about with him and stuff. It's like, yeah, that actually is pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's such a good episode. They essentially remade it with Peter Capaldi a few years later. <laughs> like, well, yeah, the doctor true. had to go undercover as a human. Like, he, he just <laughs> did it. <laughs> like, like two years ago. Yeah, pretty much. Oh well, but wrong yeah. show. <laughs> do, uh, do you guys have any more notes for this minute? Not really. It's pretty light. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty light minute overall. Yeah, I just I do wonder though, like, what the weatherman in. You know, this area now has to, how can he gauge what the weather's going to be like? Because, like, well, over there, it looks pretty bad. But I don't know how fast that Mordor is spreading this direction. So everyone's (laughs) kind of like, it could rain tomorrow, I guess, because it rained at Helm's Deep. But, like, I can't tell this freaking thing over here. The weather could go any damn way. (laughs) There's a a dark, shadowy front forming (laughs) to the east. I do wonder how... I guess you do kind of see a little bit of it in The Hobbit, don't you? Where it's like the early stages of that. Where people just looking over mm-hmm. like, what is that? Like, what is... Looks like it's kind of like a fire in the What's distance. going on over there? <laughs> but if Middle Earth is supposed to ostensibly work mostly like our world because it's a mythology for England, weather travels west to east. Mm. So presumably the stuff in Mordor just travels the other direction. I thought it's flat. Yeah. But, I mean, the wind still has to blow. There's clearly still wind. Yeah. He could... Sauron could magically make it spread in every direction, yeah. I suppose. What if it's, like, magical wizard wind? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a Maiar maelstrom, as it were. <laughs> That's a terrible thing, though, is, you know, to get the spoilers for the end of your next movie. But we'll never find out. We'll never find out how, what happens. Because it's like, oh, you guess defeated. So it's kind of like... So if you could have asked the eye on the way down. It's like, just, just to satisfy curiosity. How does the weather work? <laughs> we need to find Mordor's best meteorologist. <laughs> Get them on the case. Oh my gosh. So, thanks for joining us today, Niall. Yeah. Oh, like more, more than happy to, to drop in anytime. Cassandra and I are from the website DuelingGenre.com, where you can find the, all the backlog of this show, as well as a whole bunch of other podcasts. And if you'd like to support us, you can go to DuelingGenre.com slash support to support us on Patreon, yeah. where for as little as $1 a month, you get access to Scott Pilgrim versus The Minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, the tiers go up from there. You'll get access to weekend editions, Geek by Night stuff, all kinds of cool perks to unlock. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. And where's our guest from? And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't recorded with a guest in a while. Can you it's tell? true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Niall, why don't you tell our listeners where you're from? Oh, I'm from over at Bat Minutes, uh, where we're covering the Batman films from 1989 through to, and including 1997, one minute at a time, like yourselves. 
Uh, we're currently airing Batman at Returns, so we're like deeply entrenched in Batman Returns at the minute. It's been a lot of fun, quite an eye opener too, because it turns out like people really, really love that movie, which was not the, mm. the thing I gauged from like the word on the internet at all. So it's, it's been a nice surprise for me. But uh, yeah, nice. so like uh, yeah, if you can just hop on over to if you just Google Batman and and just type in get Batman into anything you need us on like your podcatchers <laughs> and your itunes and your facebooks and your twitters we should pop up in theory so good luck with that <laughs> if we've done our job right we'll appear <laughs> in a search work. engine <laughs> so, again thanks for joining us uh, i hope everyone has a great monday and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about minute 212 bye bye, bye.